0: Good day and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotions. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for today's worship. Before we start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, my prayer this morning is Lord that we will learn how to use each moment of each day to glorify and honor your name. And Lord, as we entered into this day already and many of us are on our way to work, Lord, we pray that you will bless our day. And Lord, that we will be able to give a good return to you at the end of the day of the time that we have spent here upon this earth for this day, because today is all we have. And Lord, my prayer is that you will guide us and direct us in our footsteps and our paths of our life to make the right decisions. This is my prayer in your holy name. Amen. I'd like to read a you for our verse today out of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. The title for my talk today is, You Think You Have Time. So the verse that we started off with in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, the second part says that he has planted eternity in the human heart. I was intrigued by this section of the verse. What did it mean to have eternity planted in my heart? I think it means that God has placed the desire as well as the knowledge in our hearts that we can and that we want to live forever. Meaning we seldomly contemplate or think of death or the reality of death. Unless God comes, of course, we will indeed all die. This is what the Bible calls the first death, which is not an eternal death. It is a temporary sleep until the resurrection, according to John 5, verse 28 to 29. But have you ever noticed how we think we're going to live forever? And because of this mindset, um, I have a lot of times neglected the things that I want to do. Or I think that I have a lot of time to change my character or to become a better person. And because of this, I procrastinate in living my life. Is it the same for you today? You see, we've really become mundane and complacent in the way that we live. We just go through the motions, accepting life as it comes to us. There's the saying that goes, the problem is you think you have time. How much time do we really have? The answer is that we don't really know because we could be here today and gone tomorrow like the Bible says. But because we think that we're going to live forever, we tend to procrastinate. We procrastinate on the important things of life, things that are important to us, but we think we can do it later. We think we have time. So rather than doing something meaningful and building our lives, we tend to say, I'll do it one day. Rather than actively working towards better mental well-being, we say, You know what there's so much going on right now I can't concentrate on sorting out my mind and my emotions right now rather than working on stabilizing your finances we all tell ourselves that it's gonna come together eventually things will work itself out Rather than maybe daily making time to live a healthier lifestyle and making changes, we set future dates. When this date comes, I'll go on that diet. When this date comes, then I will give up eating those unhealthy things. When that date comes, then I will start exercising. And eventually so much time accumulates and so much time is wasted. Rather than improving our social or spiritual lives now, we wait for life to come to us or for things to fix themselves. We wait. We procrastinate on life because we imagine that we have time. You see, our problem is we think we have time. I have news for us. Life is not just going to happen or just come to us. We have to make it happen. We have to plan and execute and work hard at achieving a good God-destined life. And you've got to do it right now, this very moment, today, right now. You see, procrastinating on the important things of life make us live a life that is dead. The problem is that some people have already died at the age of 25 by procrastination and putting off living life. But they're only buried at the age of 75. Others wait for life to start only at 75 because they think that when retirement comes that's when they really can start doing things realizing too late that a lot of time was wasted and that when you get to the older ages of life then your energy is wasted as well and you don't have the vigor that you have when you're young to tackle the things that you want to tackle we wait for the perfect circumstances we wait for retirement we wait for money we wait for life to ease up and for things to become less complicated waiting for all these things, waiting for a time when we will be less busy to actually do the things which are important to us. The problem with this is is that what we should do is not wait for life to get less messy, but we need to start living life right now despite the messiness and the busyness and the, the apparent lack of finances and all those things which stand in the way of us living life to its fullest. You see, every day is a part of your entire life. Right now is an accumulation of your life. Every day should be lived to its fullest. Our problem is we think we have time, but who knows how long we will live. James 4 verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. The Bible is telling us that our lives are fragile and we do not know whether today we will be here or tomorrow we will be gone. And so because of this, all we have is right now. All you have is the next 24 hours that have been allotted to you. And we need to realize our mortality and the brevity of life. And this will help us to make the best of the life that God has given us here upon earth. Um, We can then become the best that we can with the short life that we have here. We can develop all that we have. We can start doing every aspect of life to the fullest of our abilities. I'm sure you have goals. For example, if I asked you, what are your physical goals for your body, for your health? What are your aspirations for your employment and your calling and your studies and things like that? What are your desires regarding your relationships, your leisure time? What would you like to be? Who do you imagine God wants you to become? Have you got the picture in mind, your physical health, your employment, your relationships, your time, who you would like to be and who God would like to be? Do you have a picture in mind of who that person is? Then my question to you is this. Now, what have you done in the past few days, in the few weeks that have passed, maybe even in the past month or even in this past year to actively achieve these goals? What are you doing to work towards who you want to become and what you want to achieve? And if your answer is that you've done very little or absolutely nothing, I want to ask you, is it because you tell yourself, you know what, it's okay, relax, there's still time. The problem is we think we have time. Psalms 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is the NIV. It says, teach us to count our days. Psalms 90 verse 12 in the NLT says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. I believe that the Bible is saying here through King David that, that we need to realize that life is short, that we mustn't think that we have all this amount of time to just do all the things that we want. If you go and you write down all your goals according to a timeline and you estimate how much time it will take to reach each of these goals within your life um, spiritual goals, you know, relationship goals, whatever it may be and you ask yourself and you slot it into time slots in your life, you will realize that actually you have less time. You don't have enough time to reach all of those things that you want to be. I recently learned of something which is called a memori mento or a memento mori. Memento mori in the Latin means remember that you have to die. (laughs) In other words, a memento mori can be anything artistic Or symbolic or a saying or an image or an item or something that serves to remind you of the inevitability of your death. In other words, a memorimento can be anything in your life that reminds you that you are going to die. Now this might sound a little bit morbid to you. But you see the thing is, once we realize that life is short, once we realize that we're not upon this earth for eternity. Yes, we believe in eternity in heaven and things like that. But your life, you're on earth you need to make the best of, until you die. So the concept of the memori, memento mori um, has its roots in the philosophers of classical antiquity and Christianity. And it appeared in the Age, arts and architecture from the medieval periods and onwards. So for most of you, if you go and look, you will find that people during those days had certain things that reminded them of the fact that they would die and that they needed to live each day to their fullest. People would wear lockets with skulls in them that reminded them of death. They would have pictures in their homes of skulls. There would be things that reminded them of death in order to remind them the brevity of life and to live life to its fullest. Some architectural buildings would have skulls, literal human skulls built into the walls. For example, some of the catacombs. Um, within the churches to remind them of the inevitability of their mortality and death that would come. Now, I'm not suggesting that you start wearing skulls or drawing skulls all over your house. This is a bit creepy and morbid. (laughs) But I came across a motivational talk that spoke about a mento or a memento mori um, and how you can sort of like do something to remind you of the fact that your life is brief. And in this motivational talk, this person drew up a weekly lifetime in the form of blocks, his own memorimento So basically what he did is he took an A4 page and he drew 4,160 squares on this page, which basically represented the weeks of his life for 80 years. Um, So, I decided to do the same. So, how this basically looks is you draw 52 squares across the page and 80 squares down the A4 page. And this will eventually then come to 4,160 squares, which will represent the weeks of your life up until the age of 80. So, you might ask, why 80? Um, Some people just like the number 80. 80 sounds like a good number, you know. Um, We don't know how long we will live. Will you live till you're 60? Will you live till you're 80? But 80 is a good number to sort of give you an indication of where you are on the track of life. Now, 80 is not the only number that you can hear, but I decided to stick to this number. And I hope that I will live till 80, but, you know, some people will live longer, some will live less. But now, because I'm 34 years old, what I do with this 4,160 blocks. As I go and I count the weeks of my life that I've lived already, the 34 years and odd weeks, and I colored all the blocks up until this week. Um, Each week is colored up until where You live and when the next week comes I color the next block and when the next week Is completed I color the next block And when you look at this picture you will eventually Realize that wow almost Half my life is spent or wait More than half my life is spent if you are Over 40 and now this is not to Depress you or to put you into some state Of anxiety but it's there To make you realize that each week of Your life you should cherish and use to the fullest Of your ability and by doing This you can now literally see each week of your life and how it passes by and it can remind you that I'm supposed to do something good for my life this week. It's a true reminder of how short life is and how short and how quickly it can pass you by. Now for me I'm currently living my 18,006th week of my life out of 4,160 meaning I have 2,354 weeks left if I am blessed enough to live until 80 years old. And at the bottom of my memorimento chart, I added a verse, a memorimento mantra of some sorts, if you want to call it that, a saying. So not only do I have this picture to remind me of the brevity of life, but also a verse to remind me. And this is Psalms 90 verse 10. I'm reading for you out of the NLT. It says, 70 years are given to us. Some even live until 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. They soon disappear and they fly away. In other words, life is short. You're lucky if you're going to live until 70 or even 80. Now, I believe that it is of the utmost importance for us to number our days and to realize how brief our life is. This is going to help us to live our days to the best of our ability, to make the best of each week as God has given it to us. When the week starts to say, what am I going to do this week with the week of this life that God has given me, that we would use our time more wisely. Look at the memorimento of your lifetime chart. Ask yourself, what am I going to do or what have I done with the past 18,005 weeks of my life? So what I do as I looked at this chart is I asked myself this question. Of the 18,005 weeks of my life that has passed and the current one that I'm in, is there anything significant in each of these blocks that I can note? Anything noteworthy to say, what did I do with these weeks? What happened in that specific week? Was there anything significant that I did? Is there anything significant that I learned? Um, Anything worth repeating or sharing to other people or were the blocks of my life that have passed by so far been meaningless, been something that just passed mundanely by Did I just go through the motions or did some of these weeks of my life hold something significant for me? Um, So basically what I decided to do is going forward is each week of my life to try and improve that week to do something noteworthy, something that counts in some way, something that I can be proud of that will grow my life that I can say at the end of the week, I remember that week, that specific block in my life was an interesting week, it was somewhere where I actually made a difference and as it passed me by it wasn't wasted. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, the second part that we started off with in the beginning of the talk, speaks about that God places eternity in our hearts now as I've mentioned the memori mento to you you might say to yourself but Nandi this makes me anxious this makes me feel like I don't have a lot of time left to live my life but this verse in Ecclesiastes is there to give us hope where God says he places eternity in our hearts I believe that God gives us this verse as well as other verses where it says that we need to count our days but also to remember that even though we count our days that as Christians we do have the hope of eternity yes we have the hope of eternal life in heaven and and living on the new earth and I believe that God gives us this verse and gives us eternity in our hearts in order to not make us sink into despair in order to give us hope to realize that although the life here on this earth will end unless Jesus comes that yes all of us will die here on this earth unless Jesus comes and to realize that we are mortal but to realize that immortality is also within our grasp if we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior So, but what we have to ask ourselves today is, how many days have I lived? How many weeks have I used wisely? How many of them will I now in the future use wisely and not squander by useless activities or laziness or procrastination? Go and draw up a memorimento for yourself. Color it in. I'll send one as an example to those who are listening on the audio talks. Count your days and realize how brief life is. Then ask yourself, now, how do I want to live this week of my life what can I do to make it significant you see when we realize how short life is we tend to stop doing the things that have no meaning or significant to us we start investing in doing the things that are important I mean if I asked you what would you do if I told you that you only had a year left to live would you stop spending time and money on things which you knew would not be important if you knew you were going to die soon What would you start spending time and money and energy on? Would you spend it on family? Would you spend it on friends? What would you do? Your life would change drastically if you knew that it would end soon. The way life is lived is so full of the lust of the eyes and the flesh. We're so busy with things that are unimportant and unessential. And First John 2 verse 16 to 17 highlights this fact. It says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements and possessions. These things are not from the Father but from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does and pleases the will of the Father Will live forever. You see, what the Bible is telling us is that yes, indeed, life is full of so many things which are unimportant and non-essential, things that we crave, that we chase, that give us anxiety and and make us feel like life is really worth living. But it's actually not. These things don't add to our lives. What are we spending our weeks of our lives in? What are you doing this week? Are you spending it accumulating things which are unimportant? Spending it on entertainment? Spending your money and time on things which pass away? On non-essentials? On supposed essentials like um, money making schemes, making policies and all those type of things. Um, Things that cost money that we don't actually need. How will you know if you are truly living life? If you're truly alive, if you're truly spending this week of your life to the fullest of your ability, and how are you going to prioritize the important things of life? Well, let me tell you how. Realizing the brevity of your life will help you to do this. Currently, we find ourselves in a situation in the world where Russia has invaded Ukraine, and they're at war with each other. And I know that it's all over social media and the news. And I wondered to myself, for those poor people who find themselves in this war-stricken country, trapped in the cities and the towns, bombarded by war and their lives being threatened all the time, what in life matters to them right now? You see, when your life is threatened, weird things happen. All the non-essentials tend to disappear and only the essentials matter. Things like food, shelter, safety, your relationship with God, your family, and whether they are safe is what matters. And I'm sure right now, the last thing on the poor people in these countries' minds are, what is the next episode that's coming out on that Netflix series that I like? Or what dress am I going to wear to my next social appointment? Or, oh no, I don't have money for that cosmetics that I want to buy or that watch that I need to get. Uh, They're not thinking about these non-essentials. They're thinking about the things that are important for them. You see, things that occupy our thoughts and time, that waste our time, should fall away. And when we realize the brevity of life, that's when those unimportant things fall away that we no longer become absorbed in these things. We need to realize that when we let go of these things, then we will stop procrastinating. Then we will start looking at the things which are really important, looking at our education, looking at clearing our debt, getting back to church if perhaps during lockdown you stopped going, fixing your health, your mental health, your social well-being, prioritizing your marriage above your work and above the things which are not important. We need to see the important things of life. But you see, a lot of times we neglect the important things. We procrastinate on the important things because our problem is we think we have time. In the face of death, we realize what the things, what important, which things are important. This is a mysterious phenomenon. When death comes knocking on our door, everything seems to clear away in the face of death. It is so important for us each day to pray the prayer, Lord, help us to teach us to count our days, to use our time wisely. If only we had a year left to live, we would cut out all the non-essentials. What would you cut out? What would you add? What would you start doing that you've been putting off that is actually really important for your life? I recently heard somebody share a testimony of a Christian young lady by the name of Lorena Stander. She became very ill and was diagnosed with a terminal illness, meaning that she was going to die soon. She used to work as a nurse, and when she got the news, they say that she was at peace. And she said that because she had worked as a nurse for so many years amongst those who were dying, she believed that God had prepared her for her own death to understand that what it means that when death comes knocking on your door, what you should do with life. And she had peace, apparently. With the little time that she had left, she sold everything that she had, basically gave away all her earthly possessions and lived with the bare minimum, basically a suitcase with the stuff in that she needed. She took the little bit that she had and she decided to dedicate whatever time was left of her life to working for the Lord. And the final days and months of her life, she went to Kazakhstan where she spent her time with Doctors Without Border doing mission work. They tell me that she passed away at the age of 35. Why was this when she came to face death that all of a sudden all the non-essentials was passed away and she had peace knowing that the last days of her life she would spend doing those things which are important. Because death is inevitable. You see, for some of us, death comes at a young age. But for some of us, it will come at an older age. But no matter, we do not know when the day will come when death comes knocking on our door. And therefore, we need to stop procrastinating on the important things of life. We need to allow God to set us on fire to truly live our lives. To say, Lord, help us to teach and number our days. To have that as our prayer. Maybe there are some earthly possessions that we need to get rid of. Maybe there are some things that we need to stop doing, which we've been putting off for later, bad habits, maybe even sins. Maybe it's time for us to start investing our time and our money in better things, to focus and prioritize on truly living each day, each moment, each week, this month, to the best of our ability. And when we do that, you know what's going to happen? It's going to remove so much stress and anxiety from our minds and our hearts. Because when you prioritize life and you start cutting out the things which are not important, life becomes more clearer. And we start actively working and doing, working at the things that we want to achieve, the good things. And then the good feelings will follow. You see, when we live life the way that we know we should, we will be at peace. When we learn to count our days, those extra things that cause us pain and suffering will melt away. The dross will quickly be discarded and cast aside for that which is good. We will start working at our true purpose for life, which will give us happiness. We will spend more time and resources on only those things which are necessary will cut away our stress in trying to accumulate wealth. We will use our time, our talent, our treasure, our health, our testimony for good every minute of every day will be cherished and we will know that time is important and precious. Our problem is we think we have time. My prayer for us today is that, Lord, help us to count our days, not to make us anxious, but to help us to live each moment of each day of each week with vigor and enthusiasm, following our true purpose and being able to live life to such an extent that we know that we are living a life that God approves of. And that way, all the other things, all the worries and cares will melt away because we know that we are living our best life, making use of every single moment. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our free audio mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus +27836584296. Broadcast will be sent out directly to your phone on WhatsApp topics are centered on biblical and psychological ways to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life if you would like to receive these free audio mental health devotions then send the word yes to plus 2783 4296 and now May your darkness turn to light as the Sun of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.